Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come and flood and fill us. Speak to us through your holy word and through convictions from you, the Holy Spirit, into our spirit so that we might hear the voice of God clearly today and that we might leave here with a fresh determination to press more into Jesus and to follow him. In his name we pray. Amen. So we're continuing on in our series. I'm Larry, by the way, if you haven't had the pleasure. You can laugh at that. We're continuing on our series about hearing God. And today I want to talk about one way of discerning uh, the will of God in your life or discerning the voice of God in your life. Just, just one way, and it's based on my own experience. So today I want to talk about how to have a discernment retreat. How to have a time that you set aside to go away and to discern what God wants to say into your life. You see, I think the Christian life is as simple as hearing the, the will of God for your life and doing it. Just hearing what God wants us to do and doing it. It's as simple and as difficult as that. It's simple, isn't it? It's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult, therefore, to go and do it. Sometimes the will of God is pretty simple in our lives. Sometimes it's pretty difficult in our lives. Everybody said, Amen. All right. Got three people that find the will of God difficult. Everybody else is an obedient Christian. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it's both simple and difficult. Yeah? Hearing the will of God and doing it. So I want to talk today about discovering the will of God for your life. And what I mean by that in the way that I'm using it today, and it's just my definition and one way of doing it, it's setting aside a time, setting aside a time to invite God to speak clearly into your current life circumstances to reveal his heart, to reveal his mind and his will. And so as we respond, it produces a fruitful result in our lives. Setting aside a time to hear from God, speak directly into our lives, and as a result of that, and as we respond to that, it gives us a fruitful life. But how do we do that? That's the big question. How on earth do we do that? Uh, can we go to the next slide, please? So how do we d go about doing that? Well, as I'll, you can have a bit of a read of that while that's up there. I think, you know, as we look at the Lord's example, if we can go on to our next slide, please. As we look at the Lord's example, you know, Jesus is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Sometimes, uh, as a Christian, I think we want to be like Jesus, but necessarily we don't necessarily want to act like Jesus. Say, so I want to be like Jesus. Anybody here want to be like Jesus? Yeah, well, you've got to do that. It's the Sunday school response, right? Everyone's got to do it. Okay, we want to be like Jesus, but the challenge is, do we want to act like Jesus? And so when we're looking at acting like Jesus, we look at he is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. He is the model and the Messiah of our experience as Christians. And so we see the Lord's example about getting away and hearing the voice of God. So Luke 5.16, which I think was mentioned last week. Dealing your notes, it's excellent beauty on the same page. It says here that Jesus 
often withdrew to a lonely place and prayed. So this is the example of Jesus. Jesus, our model, our Messiah. And how often did he do it? He did it often. So when we look at the example of Christ, we see when he goes away to seek God's face, Jesus often withdrew in order to pray. Friends, I've got to ask ourselves, and I ask myself this question with a very heavy heart because I don't do it nearly enough. Jesus often did it. How often do we do it? To get away, to set aside time, to seek God, to hear from God, and to respond to God. So Jesus often withdrew. Now, why did he need to withdraw? You know, we look at the life of Jesus. He's pressed upon by people. He's, surrounding with, he's surrounded by 12 smelly men. And that's just a reason you just need to get like the Mitchum 24-hour. You know, it makes me more tolerable. But these guys did not have the Mitchum 24-hour. They had stinky disciple feet and stinky disciple armpits and everything else that went with it. So Jesus often, he withdrew, but he did, because he was pressed upon the crowds, he had the disciples all going at that, but he needed to get alone. He needed to find a space to a lonely place, it says, to a lonely place where he could speak with God and hear from God. So Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place. Because if we try to hear from God in the busyness of just general life, um, it can be difficult. And he prayed. An example of that comes in the next chapter of Luke in 6 when it says, One of those days Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray, as per usual, and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he and his disciples, uh, he called his disciples to him and chose 12. There were 72. He'd sent out 72 in pairs. He was now selecting the 12, um, whom he designated apostles. So he went out to pray because Jesus had this big ticket item, is what I would call it, and he had this, this large, vast group of people, and he needed to select 12 people that would go out, filled with the Holy Spirit, powered on to do the commission and change the world, and that's why we're in this building today. We're in this building today because Jesus, led by the Holy Spirit, went out to a lonely place to pray. He would pick 12 people that would carry the torch of Christianity through, out into their world and down through the ages. We see the torch of Christianity coming down. And so we are in this building because of the prayer that Jesus prayed, that he would hear the voice of God, that he would choose the 12 that would get on with the commission and it would go global. That's what happened. And he had to do it through prayer because he had no spiritualgiftsurvey.com. Jesus had no psychometric testing that he had to put on the disciples. He had no Enneagram. I'm apparently Enneagram. I'm like a dangerous dude. I don't do those things again. Like I came, I'm alarmed at myself. You should be alarmed at me too. He had none of that. He didn't have any gift survey, no psychometric testing. Do you know what? He had prayer and he had the discernment of God, therefore he was in the will of God. Friends, if we want to be in the will of God and we need to make a difference, we need to pull ourselves out of our world, we need to go to a place where we can hear from God, we need to seek God's face, we need to hear from him, we need to go out in the God-given direction that he gives us. That's what Jesus did. That's what he did. And that's what he... Uh, hence the disciples and hence we're in this building today. You know, I want to say, in our next slide, I want to talk about uh, 
you know, there are two kinds of wills. There's the will of God. There's the general will of God that's found in the Bible. I love week number one. If you haven't heard week number one about the place of the Bible and hearing the will of God, it's in here. There's this general will of God. There's this decreed will of God that applies to every one of us. This book applies to everybody in this. Precepts, the principles and the promises of the Word of God are all in here for all of us and they apply to us all equally. So this is the decreed or the declared will of God. And so it applies to us and it becomes the great authority through which any inkling that we think God might be speaking to us through needs to be sifted through the Scriptures to make sure that what we think God is saying is biblical. If you get a notion that is clearly unbiblical, it is clearly not God. So that becomes the sift and the yardstick and the mainstay. And, so, you know, when we go away, sometimes we want to seek an answer to something in our life that God's already spoken to us about in this. And we don't need to seek him. We just need to discover what he has said. And then there's the discerned will uh, of God. Uh, what we, through prayer, we find the leading of God to do and be. That's a very individual thing. I, I loved what was said by Laura and Sam up here. Man, they are such beautiful people. They've got such beautiful, gentle spirits, and God is now leading them to another place to bless that church. Hallelujah for them. Glory to God. Praise Jesus. They're going to be blessed. You know, but God's got his, God has got his will. God's, God's individual under the scripture, his general will, but God's got a different will. He, my, God's will for my life is not the same as Karen's. It's just not the same. We're, we're different. We're different people. And so every one of us has got something that God wants us to do. We need to learn to discover the heart and mind of will and God for ourselves in the here and now. I've been, I've been really trying to practice that very diligently in my previous ministry, uh, for the last 16 years, I've been going away and seeking God and trying to hear from God. And I was meeting with the uh, executive ministry director of our movement, Daz Farrell. And I'd always run my ministry like that in the goals of our church and the vision statement. So I'd always gone away and prayed and sought God and tried to find out. Because it's God's church, it's God's will. It's his church. So I've got to find God's will for his church. It's not my will for God's church. God's will for God's church. So I'd always go away and say, God, where do you want to lead us and what do you want to say? And so I've been doing that for 16 years. I was meeting with Daz and it was coming up to 2022. This is the end of 21. And I was so busy trying to finish my church ministry well. I just wanted to finish well. I wanted to run hard. I wanted to pass the baton on. I wanted it to go exceptionally well. I had given virtually no time to what I was going to do when I came up to the Central Coast. And so there I am toward the end of 21, meeting with our executive minister director, Daz Farrell, and I'm saying, I've done this sort of stuff all my life, and yet I don't know uh, what to do next. And he just looked at me out of his, well, he looked down at me because he's six foot six or something. I may not be six foot six. He looked down and he said, well, you better have one of your discernment retreats. I didn't know if that was an affirmation or a knock. In Jesus' name. So having nothing, no idea what I was going to do, I went away and I prayed. I took a whole day out and I just went down uh, to the seaside. That's my space. And I prayed. And I came up with a thing, the best me that I could be in 2022. It's kind of still relevant. I prayed through it recently. So I came back with this. 
as I sought through God's presence through my whole life and I looked at my whole spectrum, be connected and available for grandchildren, be meaningfully engaged in a cause bigger than myself, focus on my marriage, enjoy and savour living by the beach, finish my supervision training course, which I did in November, seek or be open to part-time or casual employment or volunteering, share my experience and add value and help younger pastors, coach, mentor, supervise at a level of which I am comfortable, be a part of a local church, glory to God, hallelujah, Hallelujah. Yeah, hello. Meaningful contribution there. Yeah. That's what the goal was. That's what God told me to do before I got here. Hallelujah. Pursue and enjoy art more intentionally. I love doing that. Enjoy listening to music and playing music. Get fit and stay fit. Pray for him. Pray for him. At that point, you all call out, help him, Jesus. Help him. Help him. We're praying for him. He needs it. Get fit and stay fit. Make friends. Yeah. It's hard when you're my age. Have people, have people around, grow in hospitality, become a part of the local community, explore client management for my son. He runs his own business. Trust in God's goodness, guidance and provision. I will lighten up and become a good person. <laughs> that doesn't speak well of me. I know where I will be. I know who I am and will continue to be. I know much of, of what I will do, but for that which I do not know, I will exercise faith and trust the goodness and the guidance and the that came out of one day of spending time with God and seeking his direction for my life. It has been the blueprint by which I have run my life. And having gone over it for another half-day retreat recently, it's still very much the blueprint of what God wants me to be individually. Well, what are the core activities then if we have one of these getting away retreats? I think it's becoming still, it's praying, it's listening. For me, it's journaling. I like to write things down. It's reflecting, summarising and responding. So we open ourselves. We open our whole lives to God. We invite God to speak to us. We want a clearing, clearer understanding to find God's will and to do it. And, you know, I just want to mention one reference out of the three that I've got, just got up there in front of you. There's just this one reference. It's from, and it's chapter 4, verse 16. It says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Friends, when we approach God and we set aside some time and we start to pray and open up our lives, have no fear. Have no fear. For when we approach God, we approach the throne of his grace. There we will always find mercy, grace and strength to help us in whatever we're facing wherever we are. The other references I'll leave for you to read. Well, how do I do it? What do I do? This works for me, so I'm going to whack up this next slide. I think we need to set aside a good slab of a day. 
half a day, a whole day, a good part of it. And I found this is the key thing. Don't put any pressing appointments at the end of it. Because if I'm trying to be away from God and think about if I've got a big three o'clocker coming in, guess what I'm thinking about? Am I hearing God? No. I'm thinking about going to the dentist who wants to do root canal therapy on me or crown me with some tooth that he thinks I need. $1,500, thank you very much. When I walk into the dentist, I've got so many crowns now, he now plays the hymn, crown him with many crowns. And then he starts flicking through travel logs to Fiji and wherever he wants to go. I don't want to go. I don't like him. He's a very good dentist. I don't like him. Not one bit. Clear the day. Have a soft landing. Separate yourself from your normal environment. There's a trap of doing it at home. Because when you're at home and you're trying to be still, you're looking around the house and guess what? There's a thousand things that need doing. And you get distracted. Choose a setting that works for you. I'm a beach person, so I like going to the beach. Some people like going to the bush. I have an urban friend who likes to go to the bustle of the city and be quiet and alone in a busy coffee shop. Wow, there. Silence your phone. Face down, on silent. Tell people you can't be contacted. When I become still, my whole head goes like a pinball machine. So I'm being still and then poing, 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 poing. Have you ever tried that? Have you ever tried to be still? You try, I'm just going to focus on God. Poing, 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 poing. It takes me about 45 minutes to still my brain. Because it just starts going off like a pinball machine. And then what I'm finding, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to track into God. I'm going, oh, God, speak to me. And this is what it sounds like. I'm trying to find the station of God, you know? And eventually, do you know what happens? The more you do it, the quicker you tune into God, the quicker you find the station, the quicker you connect to God. The more you do it, the better you get at it until you're like Paul Harmer, who can be in the middle of an interrogation and bring breakthrough into a case. That's a word of knowledge. Paul heard from God and there was breakthrough, there was reconciliation and repentance. He hears the voice of God often. We've got to train that. We've got to open ourselves to that. So there we go. Park the distractions, just write them down. Discover your focus, find out what you're going to do. Jesus was on the 12, I was on, show me what 2022 looks like. And if we can go to the next uh, wheel slide, thanks. What I find helpful is this. Um, I, I do, a, I do a, a circle and cut it into segments and put God at the centre because do you know what? God is not a segment. He is the centre of your life. So I cut my life up into segments and there's some examples. This is what I find helpful. And I just open up myself to say, God, what would you say about my health? What would you say about my family life, my, my marriage? Is there anything you want to say to me about my finances? Is there something you want to say about my friendships, my faith, my church, my service, the Christians? Is there something that you want to say to me about volunteering or about recreating so that I become whole and better and more useful? And so I just, I literally just write that circle down. I put God in the center because God needs to be the center of every segment of our lives. You can't put God as a segment. He is the centre of our lives. And I literally just open up my life and I say, God, what would you say to me about? And I might share with God a little bit. And then, which is remarkable for me, I shut up. 
Extraordinary. See, it never happens. Now you're shocked. And I just say, God, is there something that you would say to me? Is there something about my marriage? I was doing that and speaking to God about my marriage. I was just going over my marriage vows. I got married in 79. And uh, I was going over my vows one day. With God, I was just saying, you know, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and health. I changed locations. Another, And I was just sitting down just journaling and going over what God would say to me about how to be a better husband, a better man. Um, a guy from my last church got out. Uh, his wife was suffering severe dementia. And he, I just saw him. He's never down where I was. I was down at Manly Beach on the, near the Corso. And he, he just walked past. And his wife was holding his arm. And this godly couple, and she was going through the last sort of phase of her life, um, they were just walking very slowly, of course, um, just along the promenade there at Manly Beach. And I looked up and God said to me, that's what marriage is about. That's what it means to be married for, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, as long as you both shall live. God spoke to me powerfully through circumstance. So look around in case God's saying something to you in that environment. So I suggest, you know, if you want to, and when I do this, I might, I might do one retreat in, and write my scores in, in red. Then I'm, the next retreat, black um, in pencil. So I can track how I'm going. It's about opening up our whole lives to God and just saying, God. And if you prayed through each of those areas for five minutes, you've prayed for about an hour. Now, next slide, please. And uh, some avenues you might hit you. There's a big ticket item like I mentioned, Jesus and mine, and opening up your life. There's that balanced wheel. Sometimes there's a Christian song. You know that Christ is my firm foundation that we sang earlier today? My spirit was jumping out of my skin because I've been walking along and listening to praise meeting along the beach in recent times, and that song I just had on constant repeat, constant repeat, constant repeat because Christ is my firm foundation and I just think God's Holy Spirit was on that and I, of all the songs we could have had that was the song that God was applying to my life at that particular time Christ is my firm foundation just such a wonderful wonderful song and I will you know will he will he he'll fail me he will not Christ will not fail you and we need to declare that in my life at the moment so there could be a Christian song, there could be a quote, there could be a Bible passage, or there could be a character, there could be something in our setting. So let me summarise by this. We get away, we pray, we listen and we reflect, we journal, I journal, I find it helpful to remember because I've got a brain like a sieve. Yep. Highlight and summarise those responses, then I say, is there anything else, Lord? Is there anything else? I did this last Friday and I said, is there anything else? I was talking to a couple of lovely ladies after church uh, the other day and we are talking about getting a word for the Lord, a word or a phrase or a part of God's character. And God's told me this year I have to be open. I have to be open. I like to be closed-minded and critical. I like to be judgmental and, and, you know, a hard apologist. I have to be open. I have to be nice. I have to be open to things and open to God's will and open to be forgiving and open to do the things that God wants to do in my life to make me more open. Help him, Jesus, they all said. Help him. So we sometimes just get that. That was the end of my another prayer retreat last Friday. I just said, is there anything else, Lord? 
open. So when it's all said and done, it's simply this. We get away. We open up our lives. We seek the Lord. We sense what the Spirit is saying to us. We make a note of it. We go out and we seek to do what we believe to be the will of God and ensuring that it lines up with Scripture and comes under that. I'm going to pray for us in a minute. If people want to explore this idea further, I'm happy to do an evening where we could explore this idea a bit more. Just approach me and if there's enough people, we'll do it. I'm going to pray for us right now for those people that are really feeling that you need to know what God is saying to you right now for 2023. What's the will of God for you right now? Hearing the voice of God. I want to just ask us to, uh, to focus on him. And I'm going to pray for us all. For those people that are seeking, that want to know exactly what God wants them to do this year. Here and now, what is the will of God for your life? Only he knows what's the will of God for your life. And we each need to seek and be open to him for that. Heavenly Father, we just open up our lives right now. There is no segment with you at the centre that is off limits. There's nothing that's hidden in a cupboard on a locked room that we will not open. We open up the totality of our life. We know that it's a safe place where we receive grace and mercy and kindness and goodness. The bruised reed you will not break. You are the gentle one. Your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would begin the process of speaking to us and clarifying for us what you want us to do with our lives right here, right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.